Hi, I'm Alex Bellinger and this is Small Biz Pod on Monday the 11th of June. Coming up in today's show, I've got a fascinating interview with Ben Kaznoka, who is one of the US's uh, most precocious entrepreneurial talents. Uh, he set up his first business at the age of 14 and has already written a recently published a book on his experiences in Silicon Valley. So uh, very much uh, was looking forward to that for some while. Uh, I'd been on the diary for a, a little while and it was good to talk to Ben eventually uh, earlier, well, at the end of last week. Um, so I uh, hope you look forward to that. Uh, lots of interesting insight for someone from somebody who really age is no, of no concern. He has uh, a good, fantastic entrepreneurial insight and it's interesting to, to hear about his experiences, but also uh, some of his uh, work um, and business philosophies that I think will be of interest to lots of listeners to Small Biz Pod. And then I have uh, the usual roundup of comments from listeners. Got an audio comment which I'll play in a moment. And as a special treat for uh, David Brazil and uh, Madeleine Kirk in particular, who uh, are frequenters of the Small Biz Pod networking site uh, at smallbizpodnet.ning.com. Uh, I've got a, a, an unusual choice of music, very different to what I normally play. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, yeah, do check that out at the end of the show. Um, I hope those two like it. I'll be interested to receive their feedback. And I hope you do too. I certainly do. It's a good track. So let's start off by playing the audio comment from Chris. I think possibly his name is Banks. Uh, I'm not absolutely sure. The the quality, since he was calling from a, a mobile phone or in his car, isn't brilliant. But um, see what you think. And for those of you that, that want to leave messages or that want to comment on the show, uh, as you know, really, really do appreciate any, any views, suggestions, uh, criticisms, uh, input on discussions. Uh, all of that is really, really great. Just email me at alex at smallbizpod.co.uk or you can uh, leave a message on the Small Biz Pod blog or you can simply phone in a, uh, a message and leave a message on the answer machine and I'll play it live on the show. Well, live on the show. You know what I mean. And uh, the number to dial uh, if you are looking to get in touch and leave a message that way is 020-8133-1656. And if you go to the Small Biz Pod homepage, there are also numbers for callers from the US, um, Australia, and other parts of the world. So do leave a message. Always grateful to receive audio comments. They're a podcaster's dream, as I say frequently. So on to Chris's comment. Hi there, Alex. Uh, my name's Chris Bennett. I hope the quality's okay because I'm calling from the car. Um, I just wanted to really, um, first of all, thank you for a great show. I listen regularly in the car on the way to work. Um, and uh, just wanted to touch on, I thought the show is very positive, some, some great uh, positive comments coming out of it. But um, recently had to go through, um, and I'm still going through, putting um, my uh, Better Halves company into liquidation. Um, and, um, you know, it all sounds very uh, dull and boring and grim and horrible and not very positive. However, um, it is a reality of um, entrepreneurship and one I don't think you've necessarily uh, touched on in your shows. Um, and I think it will be um, you know, really useful uh, for 
um, you just spend some time looking at some of the uh, pitfalls and the reasons companies end up in that way and the options for people and when they should make the decisions uh, around um, not quitting but um, pulling the pin at the most appropriate time um, and perhaps talk to an insolvency practitioner um, about the process and what has to happen. I'm sure it's not um, necessarily what you want the focus of the show to be, uh, but nonetheless, I think it's um, it's important knowledge for people to have, um, as they may well face uh, the tough decision and sometimes quite emotional decision um, to have to back away from the company that they've spent years and years um, creating. Uh, and I think there's a right time to do that, and some uh, some key indicators as to uh, as to when things are going wrong that uh, that we could pick up on and uh, and. Uh, and utilise in benefit of your listeners. Uh, I hope that's okay, um, and look forward to uh, more podcasts from you. Thanks very much. Bye. Okay, Chris, that was uh, actually really, in many ways, really positive feedback. And uh, I'm always on the lookout for new themes, uh, themes that I've missed, topics to cover. And listeners have a habit of suggesting topics and issues that they'd be interested in hearing about listening to on the podcast and me then producing a podcast i've just recently recorded as it turns out a podcast on marketing or no not marketing market research i should say uh, which again was an issue that a lot, lot number of listeners had uh, phoned in or, or emailed in to say you know they'd really like a little bit more on on that topic so that will be uh, coming up in the next uh, few weeks but chris in terms of your uh, points about pulling the pin at the right time as you put it uh, it reminded me what you were talking about reminded me a little bit of uh, a new book by seth godin called the dip about uh, when you should push on through the dip to get out the other side or when you should call it quits and i think it's a really really important issue and one that i will definitely come to uh, on small biz pod in the not too distant future so thank you very much for that and i may well be in touch to hear your experiences uh, in terms of uh, the the sadness of uh, winding up your wife's company, but uh, I'm sure she will go on to uh, bigger and better things. Right now, let's go straight into the interview with Ben Kaznoka. Okay, well, uh, today on Small Biz Pod, um, I interview. Um, a young entrepreneur. Now, I've interviewed many young entrepreneurs um, over the last few years, uh, but none who started their business at the tender age of 14, as did uh, today's guest, Ben Kaznoka, who is one of the best-known entrepreneurs in the US. Ben, uh, welcome to Small Biz Pod. Thanks, Alex. Uh, now, you're, you're not only a, an entrepreneur, but you we, we should say that you just... Uh, just released a, a book called My Startup Life, What a Very Young CEO Learned on His Journey Through Silicon Valley. Uh, obviously, your, your, your age becomes an issue at that point and a talking point. But I wanted to come at it from a, from a slightly different angle. What, is it that, what, what were the advantages to you of being so young when you started business? Well, I think it's, a, it's an interesting question and one that uh, a lot of people are talking about, particularly in the blogosphere, around mm. the connection between age and entrepreneurial success. Um, a lot of the most successful companies uh, today were created by founders under the age of 30. Yeah. And I think um, there are a couple things that come to mind. One is when you're young, you often don't know any better. I mean, entrepreneurship can sometimes be an irrational activity. 
And when you don't know how hard it actually is or how complicated it might actually become, then you just dive in anyway. Mm, and mm. Uh, that that kind of not knowing it can make a big difference. Uh, the second, I think, is is kind of the stereotypical youthful idealism. I mean, it's easy to get jaded. It's easy to think a certain problem could never be solved. And I think when you're young, you you haven't you haven't been jaded like that, and uh, you think you can change the world. And saying phrases like "I want to make the world a better place" um, is okay because you're young, and that's what young people say. But um, are you therefore living proof that entrepreneurs are born and not made? <laughs> um, I think that uh, I think it's a combination of kind of genetics uh, as well as um, you know concerted individual effort and environment. So I, I think it's neither born nor made, but Surely there, you know, to be an entrepreneur, you have, you have to be, you have to have certain entrepreneurial characteristics from birth, but some of the most successful entrepreneurs didn't start their first companies until their thirties or forties, or yeah. maybe they yeah. showed no signs of entrepreneurial characteristics until later in life, or maybe they're a successful entrepreneur and aren't very, um, maybe they're highly risk adverse and a successful entrepreneur. There's no single model for what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, clearly from when you began, you must have had a great deal of, of support from uh, both, I guess, your family, but, but also in selecting people who could, could help you practically um, push the business forward. Um, was your family unusual? I mean, uh, you were clearly unusual in starting a business at that age. What, what, was, what were your sort of support networks like at that point? Yeah, I think the, a support network is essential uh, for anybody in any business at, a, at any age. Um, I was fortunate to have um, uh, supporters. Uh, my family is not entrepreneurial, so I'm not really sure where my my uh, my uh, genes came from. Mm. But uh, um, my parents are just uh, attorneys here in San Francisco, and uh, they they were never rah 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 Ben go start a business. So, right. Okay. So. But, but that being said, I, I did, you know, growing up in this kind of culture, this geography where there's a lot of entrepreneurship happening, I was fortunate to bump into a neighbor down the street who was a retired partner from PricewaterhouseCoopers, the accounting firm. And, you know, he mentored me early on. And I kind of bumped into a lot of people and reached out to a lot of people who could be part of that support network. And that made a big difference. And um, presumably that that helped too in terms of uh, credibility when you when you were approaching customers looking for for finance. Did you did you look for finance or was it a, a kind of a bootstrap business? And 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 also perhaps you could tell us a little bit about what Comcat or Comcate actually actually does. Sure. Um, so you, there are kind of two issues there. One is credibility, and absolutely, I mean, I think again, whether you're a first time entrepreneur at age fifty. A 14-year-old young entrepreneur, any company that's selling a new product that people haven't used before, credibility is a big, big issue that all small business owners need to think about. And uh, you're right. I mean, I, for me, I, I tried to earn that credibility through associating myself with people who had credibility. So forming an advisory board of people who could lend credibility to my efforts. Um, the company was bootstrapped. And what the company does is we sell... Uh, hosted software to local governments. So if you think of kind of a well-known company like Salesforce.com or any other CRM provider, they deliver software over the internet for uh, small to mid-sized companies to manage all of their customer account information. We do something similar for local governments like cities and towns and counties in America. Yep. We manage all of the city's complaints, questions, and inquiries that come in from the community. 
Now, just in practical terms, and I know listeners, uh, many many listeners would be interested in in the idea of the advisory board uh, that that you you set up. Um, as you as you rightly point out, everybody needs support and insight from others with with different experience and expertise. Uh, how did you go about setting that up from a sort of practical standpoint? And did you did you did you pay people? Did you offer them equity? How did that work? Yeah, there are a lot of different uh, kinds of advisory boards. Some are compensated, some aren't. Um, there's a lot of different ways to form an advisory board. For me, uh, it was a combination of um, basically cold calling people, but more important, once I had a relationship with someone, earning an introduction to that person's colleague or friend. So I mentioned this neighbor down the street from PricewaterhouseCoopers. He was the first person in business I ever met, and he introduced me to another person in business. And then my network consisted of two people, this yeah. guy and his friend. And that, that friend introduced me to yet another person. And I think, you know, a lot of people call these kinds of things networking. But what you have to remember is that um, this was a it's a long term process. It, it takes several years to develop relationships with people to a point where they can feel very comfortable introducing you to their friends and colleagues. And I spent a lot of time with each of these people building relationships with them, and then earning introductions to their friends. And so it was a lot of relationship building to create an advisory board in addition to some cold calling people in my community and saying, hey, I'd really value your advice. Would you be willing to meet with me for coffee? Yeah. And then I grew from there. Yeah. And I think I've read somewhere um, you saying that, you, you know, you've really got to, you've got to go out there and enjoy meeting people, enjoy listening to what people have to say. Um, if you if you're going to be successful at, at networking, and I imagine that's that's true online as well as offline, um, is is that actually one of the core elements of uh, running a, success, a successful business or being a, a successful entrepreneur? In in your opinion, yeah, I think I think you have to be interested in people. I think um, there are a lot of ways to be successful in business and not be interested in people. But if you're starting your own business and you have to wear a lot of different hats and have to interface with people from marketing, people in biz dev, engineers, customers, partners, all different kinds of people. You have to genuinely enjoy spending time with them and forming relationships with them. Um, if you don't if you don't genuinely enjoy that, then you know, a CEO role or some other kind of high ranking management role is probably not the best role. Um, and I think there are ways to foster that genuine enjoyment. I mean, I think people generally underrate how interesting some people are. I mean, mm, mm. a lot of people are very interesting in their own way if you if you dig in under the surface. And uh, we should never underrate people. And so I've met so many interesting people from all walks of life, from all over the world. Um, and uh, it's amazing how much value they can add. But sometimes we forget about that and just think it's, you know, get another 20 minute conversation with some useless person. I think that's the wrong approach. Yeah. And, and presumably the idea of just sort of collecting business cards. So you've 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 got a contact is kind of counterproductive. And yep. yeah, yeah. Um, one of one of the ideas that I'm, I, I, I know you cover in the book and, and you you've also written about in on your blog is the. Uh, the importance of randomness, uh, and I've always enjoyed the idea of, of of creating your own luck. I genuinely believe that you can create your own luck, and your kind of sort of randomness theory um, is a, a good and interesting one. Tell us a little bit about about how you see that. Sure, I think that uh, um, if I reflect on some of the best and worst things that have happened to me, uh, they've often been the result of uh, things outside of my control. So while I certainly believe that you can help create 
your own luck to an extent, there are also things that we don't control. And, and many times those factors really influence the success or failure of our efforts. And so um, one of the things that I, I like to do, is, and, and that spirit of, you know, there's luck's a big part of success and that um, we don't really know uh, when luck will come our way. We don't really know what these other factors will be and how they'll impact our efforts mm. is to expose yourself to as much randomness as possible. Because when you expose yourself to randomness, and I'll talk about more what I mean by that in a sec, um, you're raising the chance that good things will happen. You know, I've had yeah, so many, yeah. I've had so many things where like I show up at a random conference or I, I have, you know, a random phone call with someone who I might not otherwise talk to, or um, I read kind of a random book outside of my field. So, you know, not just yet another business book, but some mm. other kind of wacky book and, you know, new creative spark comes from that. So doing kind of things outside of the ordinary and, and what comes of that is, you know, every so often you'll have kind of this key insight and usually, you know, key insights usually occur at the intersection of all these, of all these different kinds of industries and different kinds of people. Mm. And, um, so, so I spend, you know, I try to devote a good chunk of time every month to doing something random. So if, if your day to day business involves, business activity involves, for example, selling software over the internet, then spend some time each month doing anything but that, mm. you know, mm. um, mm. So, and on my blog, I kind of elaborate. I mean, I think there's different kinds, like clearly walking down the street in your local city and talking to a random person is not a good use of time. <laughs> so, so that's why I called it exposing yourself to bulk positive randomness. So yeah. there are random interactions that you can foster in bulk, like a conference. Uh, and in addition, you want to make sure there's no downside, only upside. So wandering through Darfur in pursuit of random interactions is not a good use of time. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. No, that's um, that kind of kind of makes sense. Um, I mean, the, another uh, area that I know you you kind of espouse is is thinking differently. But um, how do you think? How do you personally, or, or what have you what have you what thoughts um, and ideas in relation to entrepreneurship um, have you brought that are different? Um, I mean, I think uh, you know. So so I. You're right. I mean, I do espouse this view of think different. And, and what I mean by that is just, and, and it's blatantly stolen from the Apple computer TV yeah. camp, ad campaign called yeah, Think yeah. Different. So it's not my, my idea. But, but, but um, you know, that, that, that basically says think about what everyone, what everyone is doing and then try to do something differently. So there's an old line in investing which says, be greedy where others are fearful, be fearful where others are greedy. Mm. And it's kind of this attitude of, you know, if everyone's hyping China, then don't go learn Chinese. Mm. Um, if everyone says don't start a company until you're 30, then start a company when you're under 30. Um, and I guess at a very specific level, everything from, you know, if everyone says the key to a successful sales approach is X, then try Y and see what happens. Mm. Um, mm. And so again, this kind of ties into the randomness thing of, you know, experiment with different kind of random approaches because most people don't experiment with random approaches. They really adhere to the status quo. It's very, very hard to be in the minority for anything. So, so, so for me, it's not only in business, but kind of life philosophy more general. As I think about my life, I think about what is everyone else in my profile and my demographic doing? Mm. And is there a way I can do something differently, not just for different sake alone? I mean, sometimes it does make sense to go with the majority. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but there are times when it makes sense to truly buck the norm and see what happens. Now, I mean, obviously, not many nineteen-year-olds have uh, written a best-selling book on business, uh, so I guess that's kicking against kicking against the norm. 
um, in your case. But uh, as far as I understand it, you're going you're going into college, yeah, for f- three four years now. Is that right? Or uh, I, I, I am. I am in the fall. Yes. Yeah, and that's so. You are you're sort of refinding, um, for want of a better better description, normal life. Uh, is that would that be fair? Or uh, how are you going? Yeah, how think- are you going to make college life abnormal? <laughs> Well, it's a, it's a it's a good question, um, and uh, I, I I don't know until I get there really because yeah. you know you you read a lot about uh, you know how a university system works, but you don't quite know what to expect until you're there. And so, um, you know, I think um, I think uh, you know, going to college or university is certainly the norm, but what you do in college, you can certainly be different and think different. I mean, I think what I'm going to try to do in college is construct a curriculum of classes that, you know, is pretty personalized to me. Um, yeah. So kind of what I'm interested in, what I'm weak in, what I'm good at, and really try to, to carve my own path in those four years so it, it suits me and, and not just the generic college student. Um, hmm. And in addition, I think, I think colleges and universities, again, on this whole randomness thing, I think it's really a beacon for randomness. I mean, there are very few other places in the world where you have thousands of people concentrated in a very small physical area, all basically hanging around and talking about ideas. Mm, Um, mm, And I think there's there'll be a lot of opportunities for kind of meeting random people who I wouldn't have otherwise met from all over the world or, you know, taking that random class on art history and, you know, discovering a new interest. I mean, who knows? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, which brings me on to uh, a kind of question about passion, really. Um, the, there's a, you know, many people will say, "Oh, well, you know, to, to be successful in, uh, a successful entrepreneur, you've got to have the passion for the passion for it, passion for for what you're doing." Is your passion, Ben, really in entrepreneurship, or or is it is it in writing, or or do you know what it is? So, so I think um, I guess you never are totally sure. I think your passion always evolves. Um, my, my passion, I would say, is entrepreneurship in the broadest terms, which is, you know, always trying to uh, live my own life, create my own destiny, think different, um, you know, be high energy, have impact on the world. All of those things, I think, are entrepreneurial characteristics, whether mm. you're starting your own company or writing books. I think you can always be an entrepreneur at heart. Um, I think I have a lot of different interests. I certainly... Uh, enjoyed the experience of starting a company. I expect to start more companies in the future. However, I, I also have, as you mentioned, uh, a, a big interest in writing and uh, kind of other topics totally unrelated to startup companies. So how I reconcile all those interests is something I'm not sure I'm not sure how to do that yet, but uh, I, I'm sure I'll, I'll have plenty of opportunities to experiment with different lifestyles. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, you've, got a, you've got a head start on most people. Um, so... Um, one of the one of the things that uh, that has happened, particularly in Silicon Valley, is you've got and we've we've touched upon it previously. You've got Kevin Rose at Dig and Chad Hurley at YouTube and yourself, who are, who are very high profile at the moment. There's an awful lot of um, high profile young entrepreneurs who've, who've made a lot of money or who have developed a high profile. And you talk yourself about the importance of building a, a, a personal brand, and part of that personal brand leads to. Uh, for want of a better word, um, uh, celebrity. There is a certain sort of cult of the celebrity entrepreneur around at the moment, uh, and and to be a, a young entrepreneur and successful uh, builds that uh, th- that image. Um, how does that af- affect you? I mean, because to a certain extent, you are a sort of celebrity entrepreneur, um, and 
do you think the focus on these uh, high-performing celebrities is is good, or is it kind of off-putting for your your, your average startup or when people who are looking to start their own business? I think you're right that there is this kind of um, celebrity tendency around um, a lot of different parts of kind of society. I mean, not only Hollywood, but yeah, it does seem like the young entrepreneur thing is, has uh, been a hot topic. Um, I don't know whether it's good or bad in itself. How, how the subject of the celebrity responds is probably more important. So, you know, there are a lot of ways you can respond to articles and stuff about you. You can you know, your head can be inflated. You can send it around to your family and friends and say, rah, rah, rah. Or yeah. you can just kind of, you know, accept it for what it is and continue to do your work. Um, I, I, you know, I think for me, uh, I, I genuinely believe in some of these ideas like, you know, life entrepreneurship and things like that. And so any, any platform I have on, on which I can talk about things and spread those ideas, you know, I'm happy about. So if, if I have more an opportunity to spread my ideas because someone wants to write an article about my work, then I'm more than willing to participate in that. Um, yeah. But it's yeah. it's less for me at the moment. It's less about just because I like hearing about myself or reading about myself than just continuing to develop a platform on which I can share and spread ideas and get feedback from people like you and others who, you know, frankly, I probably wouldn't be talking to if it weren't yeah. for my blog or other articles. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you 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 have you you've been on the the receiving end of Valleywag and, and other Valleywag for 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 British listeners uh, is a kind of a scurrilous uh, Silicon Valley blog, isn't it? Um, how do how do you how do you take that kind of criticism? There must be, I would imagine, quite a lot of um, or you must have experienced over time quite a lot of jealousy, quite a lot of um, people who are are upset at how successful you are. <laughs> how do you deal with that at a, at your age? I think there's always someone uh, higher on the totem pole than you. So I look around and see people way more successful than me. Um, even people younger or older than me doesn't matter. They're always someone smarter, more successful than you. And it's I think it's it's very hard um, to not feel envious, um, no matter where you are in life. And so when I look around, yeah, of course I feel some envy, just like others might feel envy of me. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and um, and I think it's it's a real skill to develop the ability to truly uh, be happy for somebody else when they're successful and not feel just raw envy. And that's a skill I'm still developing, but I think we all kind of <laughs> have to develop it. I yeah. think Valleywag, Valleywag is what it is. Just as a side note, I was in New York last week and Nick Denton uh, didn't appear to have the courage to face me in person. So we'll continue to monitor that situation. He didn't, <laughs> but, have, uh, a, didn't have the courage. Well, yeah, I, you know, he, he didn't respond to my email, but um, oh, right. okay. we'll, we'll see next time I'm there. Maybe he'll, uh, maybe I can meet him yeah, uh, well. at night in some isolated <laughs> park. And, um, but uh, so, you know, it is what it is. But I, yeah, I, you know, overall, I think um, I think there probably is a little too much like chatter about this kind of stuff. I mean, there yeah. are a lot of interesting people. Not all of them are starting companies, so no. it'd probably be better if the spotlight were a little more distributed. But um, you well, know, it is what it is. And yeah, I mean, I think there are also an awful lot. And one of the things that that that, that uh, we try to do on, on this podcast is mix up the entrepreneurs that we talk to. So there are there are some very well well known entrepreneurs like yourself or Guy Kawasaki or people like that. Uh, but but on at the same time, uh, we interview people who nobody's ever heard of, and they've got just as interesting stories to tell very yeah. often. Yeah. And I think I think it's important for 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 people who who have that entrepreneurial spirit who want to start their own business to recognise that um, 
it's not just you know it's not just the high profile um uh, celebrity for one of a better word celebrity entrepreneurs that are that are that are the the role models here mm-hmm. absolutely i mean they're role models all and i in fact i did a blog post i think on this once called uh or it was because I had a friend in college who said, you know, the, the best professors are the ones you've never heard of. Yeah. And uh, sometimes the best, some of the best mentors in my life are the people that uh, no one's ever heard of. And uh, who would they be? <laughs> well, I, I mean, can say their names. I, yeah. I could say their names, but they'd mean nothing. I mean, no, no. But uh, just kind of the random people who, yeah. yeah, they're they're pretty successful in their own right, but they're they're not media whores. No, no, no. But they are. They're they're kind of biz- business people that you have met along the way who are not Mark Benioff. <laughs> Right, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, great. Um, thank you very much for your time, Ben. Um, I'm, uh, I've not read your book, but I, I will be reading your book, and I'd encourage others to do so too. I've, I've read your blog for, for some considerable while, so um, uh, I know you, what you write about is always thought-provoking and interesting. So thank you very much for your time. Alex, I appreciate it. And the, the book website is uh, www.mystartuplife.com. Great stuff. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much. Cheers. Bye-bye. Well, there we are. Um, Ben's quite an extraordinary character, but also very down-to-earth, very ordinary as well. It's kind of strange, uh, but good combination. So uh, thanks for that, Ben, and I hope you enjoyed listening to some of his insight. Now, on to uh, just covering off comments from listeners this last week or so. Uh, first of all, let's say a big thank you to uh, some of the guys who signed up to the Frapper Map, including the sushi-laden Rich from Toyama in Japan, who says, nice podcast, always great for ideas and advice. Uh, and from closer to home in the UK, Melvin uh, Hennehan, I hope that's how he pronounces his name, on Sturtz from Stoke-on-Trent. And once again, uh, Dak Sharma from Delhi in India. Now, Dak, I would say that uh, I the interview I recorded on Indian Entrepreneurship is coming together and uh, i've got more people i need to interview both in india in the uk and in the us it may turn into a two-parter but it is coming it's just gonna you're gonna have to wait uh, with bated breath for the release of those particular podcasts but um thanks for sorting the the interviews as you did so the quick message to Dash there now on to uh, some email comments that i had um kelvin jones sent in his third diary of a entrepreneur which i will be playing either next week or the week after so thanks for that kelvin i had uh tim duke from london remade to get back in touch to say uh he there's a networking event that they are doing uh london remade on the 19th of june that will help inform businesses in the capital about what they must be doing when buying and discarding electrical electrical equipment by uh, July, and this is uh, in relation to European legislation called the WEEEE regulations, which come in in terms uh, which talk about the recycling of electrical goods. Now, London Remade have, have put on a seminar. I'll put details on the Small Biz Pod uh, Google Diary for you so that you can reach that free advice, that free, free seminar if you're in London and uh, require it. Uh, also had a, a nice email from Oliver Dowding. You remember Oliver I interviewed at the Business Startup Show. I just bumped into him. It runs a company called Tonic Attack, which is a kind of wheatgrass 
uh, innocent drinks, I suppose. And he says, Alex, thanks for the interview at the Business Startup event at Excel. I've had two people get in touch. Um, however, I'm a tech disaster. I tried to listen just now and nothing happened when I clicked on the Listen Now button. Sorry to trouble you. Uh, think the concept is a good and wonder how far it will go. So thank you very much, Oliver, for that. Uh, I, I, I know that since uh, I dropped him with some hints on... Uh, uh, how to listen to the podcast and I think he's now listening uh, okay uh, in terms of people getting in touch with him that's really really cool uh, I, it's what's great about Small Biz Pod or, or listeners at Small Biz Pod is that very often there's interaction between listeners and some of the companies who are interviewed and that's always most welcome and, and I really appreciate that as I, as I hope the, the entrepreneurs interviewed do I uh, also had a, an email from uh, Diamond O'Donovan who uh, runs a website called cpdwise.com, who says, uh, good stuff. I uh, just wanted to say how much I enjoy uh, podcasts like yours and Mind Your Own Business. They're a great resource for anyone interested in business. So thank you very much, Dermot, for that comment. And then I also had a, an email from Gagandeep Singh Sapra, who is developing a kind of uh, Indian version of Small Biz Pod uh, called Fire in Our Belly uh, at uh, and I'll put a link into the show it's not quite ready I don't think that podcast but uh, he's gradually bringing it online I know they've done a couple of interviews so we'll, we'll look forward to hearing more about that in due course and that is just about it for comments uh, remember you can contact me at alex at smallbizpod.co.uk write to me about anything what did you think about Ben's views on for example random randomness in business how does how do you sense randomness plays a part in your own entrepreneurial life uh, that is then just about it for today's show apart from the track that I had promised well I didn't promise them a specific track but I said I'd play something a bit different uh, to Madeleine Kirk and to uh, David Brazil uh, who are on the two people on the small biz pod networking site and this track is by a band called Cooper and it is a track called One Off Song for the Summer. <laughs>
summer. Everyone get down. This is a one-off song for the summer. Everybody pass that stuff. This is the one-off song for the summer. Everybody get down. This is the one-off song for the summer. Everybody pass that stuff. This is.